Oh, I do, have, I do have a good report to read to you. This individual said they're praising God because they said they received a $2,000 bonus this week. Wow. Where were these when I was working? When I was working jobs, nobody gave me no. I remember, I remember getting a 30 cent raise per hour. That was good. $2,000 bonus, that's awesome, isn't it? Praise God. These good reports, it's, it's, not just to tell, it's not just to tell your business, you understand. Amen. What, what, what we're looking to do is identify God working in our life. And so it doesn't have to be financial. It could be in any, in any area where God's working. And uh, I've told you before, I'll tell you again, the, the, the reports I'm most excited about are when there's divine appointments where you get to share Christ with somebody, whether you plant a seed, this or that. And so put those on the good reports too. You get somebody saved, praise the Lord. And if you do, you understand you, you need to bring them to, the, to a place of feeding. And so um, if, they, if they live anywhere around here, bring them here. You know, love to have them. Praise God. I'll tell you what, God helped me yesterday. I, had, uh, uh, I have a business that I run and uh, really gotten some things to where I, it's not taking big parts of my time like it used to, thankfully. But, uh, and so the, the entire time we were away in Canada at the Miracle Crusade, well, um, I mean, I didn't hear from anybody and everything was running, you know, so it's good. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Well, six in the morning yesterday, I mean, I get back and I'm thinking I get to sleep in. I, I was up in the middle of the night practically to get here yeah, on Friday, get home. And uh, I get a call about something, well, kind of like a mini accident, basically some, some material spilled. And it wasn't, it wasn't my employee's fault, um, but it happened, and I was responsible for the cleanup. And so it was basically like a big pile. Like, I don't know, from, from that speaker to, to this table, a pile of sand, about that much sand. And uh, so they said, you got to call a hydrovac service to come out and suck it up because it was in a parking lot of a business. You can't just leave that stuff there. And so I did uh, call them and uh, they wanted a thousand bucks to suck up that little thing. And it's not that I couldn't have. Not that I couldn't I just didn't want to. I didn't not want to <laughs> to to have to spend a thousand bucks for what really wasn't all that big. And uh, so anyhow, they're actually there. The, the, hot, the vac truck was there to, to suck it up, but they wouldn't do it until I paid. And I'm waiting, and I couldn't pay till they sent me the link to pay, the email. And they weren't, they weren't sending it, and they weren't sending it. And I'm looking, I'm right next door to an Ace Hardware, and I'm like, I can buy a shovel and put it in my pickup truck. And so uh, I said, you know what? Forget it. You're taking too long. And so I did that and I'm buying this shovel and scooping this stuff up into the truck. And I checked my heart because I'm like, Lord, I, we will pay the thousand bucks if that gets me home and, and keeps me in good shape and rested and all that because I wasn't rested yet from my trip. So but I but it seemed like send them away. It just seemed like send them away. So I'm out there. I'm starting, you know, shoveling all this stuff in the back of my pickup truck. And I'm and I'm like having to take breaks, you know, uh, I'm not conditioned. I don't if I did that every day, I'd, I'd be I'd be better at it. 
But you know, you're doing it until your arm says, I'm going to fall off. And then you got to take a break. And then you do it till your back says, I'm, I'm going to quit. And then you got to take a break. And I'm like, okay, God, you got, to, you got to send me somebody to help me. And then the other thing I started thinking about was, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> so I'm sitting there. I'm, forgive me for taking you know, The reason we have those green cards with just those lines on it is so you can write it and not take as long as I'm taking right now. But anyhow, uh, my worker comes driving back up, my helper, uh, employee rather. And she's got her 17-year-old son with him who was going to do some work on their land that day. And I said, you want to do some of this? And so for 40 bucks, I paid him to get that whole load in my truck. And while he's doing that, just an idea came up. How many know God will give you ideas? I got on Facebook Marketplace and I said, free load of sand. And instantly I had somebody say, "I'm, I'm down I'm down in Westminster. Now, I was way up northern Colorado. I'm down in Westminster. I would, I, I would love that. And uh, they couldn't believe that I would give it to them. Wow. I said, I'll deliver it. They said, why would you do that? <laughs> They're like, why would you do that? Why would you do something? Why would you give this for free? And uh, finally, I said, you would be doing me a favor. Yeah. And so I went there and they unloaded it all. Praise God. And so cost me 35 bucks for a shovel, 40 bucks for paying the kid. And uh, God helped us. And anyhow, so I recognized him at work yesterday, following his leading not to pay the thousand, although I was willing and uh, started doing it all myself. When I started putting the effort in, then uh, my miracle showed up (laughs) unexpectedly. And, And, you know, that's so much when you start making movement in the things of God. That's so often when things happen in your life. Praise the Lord. Well, none of that, none of that was part of our message today. But uh, I do want to minister to you some. And really along the lines, I'm going to pull out this uh, crude version of a pulpit. But thank God for it. It's what we have. The the preaching cart. We'll call it the preaching, the preaching cart. And what I want to do, friends, if you have your Bible, and uh, I hope you do. And yeah, you guys can dismiss, make changes if you want. Praise God. Not that I'm boring or anything. I mean, you know, we do all right. How many are okay today? You excited for the word of God? Go in your scriptures. And I started to say, um, we put stuff on the screen, but don't rely on the screen. I want to encourage you to bring your Bible and especially a paper one if you have it, so that you can learn how you can learn where things are. Yes, yes, that will help you. So start out by going to and a, and a device is fine, but um, I just it helps me to be able to see the word get it in me. Go to the one hundred third Psalm, and we're going to continue ministering on the subject of the kingdom of God. I started a couple weeks ago. Then last week, Pastor Amy. Did a, a really awesome job ministering on the same sub- subject. And I'm going to try to be as quick as I can, but I want to review and get our eyes on the verses we looked at the other day or a couple weeks back. So starting, if you believe God with me and stay hooked with me, starting in Psalm 103, verse 19. Yes. 
It says, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. You remember we said to you that a, that a kingdom is a system of government with accompanying laws or it's a sphere of rule or influence. And so God is in heaven, but his kingdom isn't limited to heaven. His kingdom, his laws and uh, sphere of influence, domain, he, that rules or extends everywhere. Now, over, again, I could make a lot of comments, but I, you can go back and listen to the other week when I did so. But go with me now to Luke chapter 1. And if you're old enough to remember the yellow pages, how many remember when we had yellow pages? Yes. And you remember what the slogan was? Let your fingers do the walking. Yes. Right? We, didn't have, we did not have Google. Can you imagine there was a day before Google? I mean, I think all of, I think all of modern society is going to be divided into pre-internet and post-internet. But anyhow, some of us, some of us were here for both. Old timers. We, we know how to use a card catalog. We know how, anyhow, all that stuff. Over in Luke chapter 1, verse 33, this is talking about uh, Jesus. Well, in verse 32, I should say, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to Him the throne of His father David, and He will reign. Everybody say, He will reign. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Now look at this. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Amen. No end to his kingdom. So we, we see that his kingdom rules over all. And of his kingdom, there is no end. And the, the good thing about this is that if you and I learn to follow the laws of the kingdom of God, put those laws into practice, we can outlast all of uh, any other kingdom that's coming against, against us. You understand that the kingdom of darkness will come, against it, will come against you. Sometimes the laws of the kingdom of this world will come against you. You know, in the kingdom of this world, stuff happens. There's, there's a lot that's flawed um, in the world system. Meaning, God didn't create it to do some of what it does. Remember, I talked talk to you a couple weeks ago about those weeds that keep just keep coming up, right? Well, you know, there's, there's things worse than weeds. There's hurricanes, there's tornadoes, there's what we call natural disaster. Uh, if Adam had never sinned, there was, God, see, God didn't create earthquakes on day four, hurricanes on day five, wildfires on day six. N not, none of that is reflective of God's creation. It's all reflective of the fall and the effects of sin. And the longer this earth goes subject to sin and the, those effects, the more of these things we see. And, uh, you know, different ones in the scientific community, they might, they might say, well, it's because of climate change. Well, from the natural, that may be the case. I'm not denying that from the natural, there is science. And some people want to fight about it either way. I'm not trying to open that fight or, or even have an opinion on it. I'm just saying they look at things from the natural perspective, but from the spiritual perspective, it's because, I can just tell you, the reason things are progressing not in a positive direction, but in a negative direction in the world around us, is because the earth is subject to the curse, because there's sin in the world, and, and you can't have that with it. The wages of sin is what? Anybody remember? The wages of sin is death. You can't have sin 
without decay. But thank God there's another kingdom. So when, so when the kingdom of darkness comes against you, the enemy attacks you, you have a kingdom, the laws of which you can put into practice. I'm going to try not to get too excited here. The laws of which you can put into practice and that kingdom, the kingdom of which there's no end, will outlast. Mm -hmm. yes. if, you, if you'll stay with God's system, if you'll stay with God's kingdom, it will outlast the kingdom of darkness and it'll win. The kingdom of God of which there's no end will outlast that which is in the world's kingdom and system. So, uh, you know, you hear stories about, um, and, and I'm not, again, I, I barely know some of what you see, but they had the, the fires over in Maui. And there was one Pentecostal church that the fires just jumped right over, missed them. Well, I don't know. I'm assuming maybe that they, uh, that they were exercising their faith and dominion. To the degree that they knew about it yeah. over that and uh, said, listen, we're in authority here. We have not just the laws of this earth, but we have laws of the country of our homeland, wow. of our home country, the laws of heaven. Yeah. And we just we thank you, Father, and we claim our protection. Yes. And it happened. And, and, you know, for, for years, those who have taken their authority, we've seen those kind of results. I, I remember when a tornado, when a series of tornadoes were coming through when we lived in Oklahoma. And uh, it was actually coming through Broken Arrow, right where we, right where we were. And Pastor Hagen, Kenneth Hagen Jr., he got and he walked himself around the campus. Now that's like a half a day journey. It's like a 110 acre campus, it's a big campus. But he walked around that campus. And, uh, you know, God was everybody's witness, as we say, that that tornado was going through and it got up and it just jumped over the campus, went right down on the other side. Well, what is that? Somebody applying the laws of a greater kingdom, the laws of a kingdom of which there's no end to the laws of this natural world. Amen. And you and I can do that. But uh, we, we must hear about this kingdom. Remember, I won't turn to every one of these, but how many remember when John the Baptist came to the earth? His message was this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then when Jesus began his ministry, he said the very same thing, preached the very same message. His message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, it's here. There's a new system with new laws that if you and I will learn to cooperate with these laws, we can live a different life, have different results. I said to you a couple weeks ago that if you learn the laws, you can, you can live the life. That's right. You can live the God life. And what are these laws? Well, they are, they are none other than the laws of the kingdom of heaven. Because Jesus, when he taught his disciples to pray, he, he taught them to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. When Jesus was talking in, in that situation, when he was talking about God's kingdom, he said he, he, he connected it to the laws of heaven. God's will in heaven to be done on earth is a great example of what it means when we talk about the kingdom of God, because we hear the phrase, we hear, you know, we use the phrase kingdom of heaven, but really a lot of times we're just talking about the place, heaven. But no, kingdom refers to laws and government. Yep. Now, this isn't a lecture this morning, 
I'm endeavoring to feed us on the Word of God. Amen. And when you eat something good, if you're like me, you say, oh, man, amen. That's what amen means. It's the same as when you eat something good, like I plan to do sometime today. Yes. And uh, I'll, I'll eat something good on Sunday. And when I eat it, I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. That's just the food version of amen. 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 When you're eating the things of God, oh, man. When you're eating, all right, you know, we do what we do what we can do. Praise the Lord. Uh, so his kingdom is here. Of his kingdom, there's no end. And you and I, if we're born again, when we're born again, the Bible says that we've been made citizens of heaven. Philippians 3.20 says, our citizenship is in heaven. From where, from whence, we look for our Savior to come back. The second time, I'm just putting my own phrasing in there. So our citizenship is in heaven, meaning that we have all the rights and privileges of heaven to the, uh, the part that's available to us now. Uh, and don't misunderstand me. We're not going to have all of heaven here on earth because of what I said about the earth. The earth is corrupt. It can't support all of heaven. Amen. I mean, just, just the presence of God alone, the, the, his glory that's so, I don't know a better word than tangible. I might overuse that word, but that's the word. Of, his tangible glory, if it manifested fully in the earth, it would just bust it apart. The earth, is, the earth is full of cracks. I'm not talking about fault lines, although there are. I'm just talking about the, in the whole system, in the laws. Uh, how many know our financial system in, in our country and in other countries? It's like, a, it's like a house of cards, like we're propping this thing up. Okay, nobody breathe, right? You get it. If you get it going good, it's like nobody breathe. Okay, everything's good. And then, uh oh, it's too good. It's too good. It's too good. You're building too many cards on it. It's about to fall. So we got to crash the housing market. We, right? It's just, it's propped up. Uh, but God's kingdom, steady and stable, has never been better. Never been better than it is right now. And it's because it is an unchanging, unshakable kingdom. Yes, yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. We saw that Jesus, I told you I was going to turn to all these scriptures. I'm not really turning to any of them. But, we, but again, you can go back to the ones we looked at the other day. But Jesus, uh, after he got traveling in ministry, said he'd go around preaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Teaching in their synagogues and healing every sickness and every disease. So again, he's preaching the good news of what? The, the kingdom, the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. And then along with that, when he's announcing the kingdom of God, he's also, he's also teaching them because there's truths, there's laws. You're not going to know them just because you're born again. You, there's things that you must learn and you don't just want to learn them mentally or intellectually you want to learn them spiritually to where they you, the word of God will drop down on the inside of you do you know what I mean by that when the word drops on the inside of you and you see it's like, I can't explain it but I see it I see it and when you see it you get excited about it and when you get excited about it it works for you it works for you so there's uh, he would teach along with proclaiming this kingdom so that people could be enlightened. And then we see that there's healing available. He'd heal every sickness and every disease. Now you understand, all of us understand, and some of us have 
uh, unpleasant, unfortunate experience uh, in, this, in this area of sickness and disease, maybe where ourselves or loved ones, different ones are concerned, where you know that the laws of this world, the laws of the scientific community, they operate by laws. The laws of the scientific community, as advanced as they are, there's things they can't heal. There's things they can't heal. And, uh, you know, uh, I'd only been married a couple months before my mother-in-law dies of a disease at age 45. That as science did all they could do, medical science, and we're thankful for every, all of it. We're not against them. Uh, if they're fighting disease, that's the same thing that faith is fighting. Right? So we're on the same side as far as that's concerned. But that the kingdom of medical science came to an end. It always has an ending, meaning this is as far as we can go now. It's further than we used to be able to go. But it's not as far as we need to go. Guess whose kingdom? Hello. Guess whose kingdom? Everlasting kingdom. It's an everlasting kingdom. Of his kingdom, there is no end. Meaning the laws of that kingdom will reach. They don't stop when you get to stage three, stage four. Right? The laws of the kingdom of God... They'll work on Matthew 4, the scripture I'm quoting, Jesus went about their cities and villages, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, teaching in their synagogues, healing every sickness and every disease, every variety and every progression, meaning every stage, every sickness, every disease. This is amazing. This is amazing. This is all included in this system of government that you and I, as citizens of heaven, can overlay here on earth. And we want to learn how to do it. We want to learn how to do it and become skillful with this kingdom. Praise the Lord. Uh, you were quoting Luke 6.38 during the offering. I was, I'm reminded of uh, Matthew chapter 6, the 33rd verse, where Jesus said, Seek first. Do you remember this verse? I think every Christian needs to know this verse. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, thank you, will be added to you. God's kingdom, his laws, his ways, his righteousness, and all these things. Well, what things is that talking about? Well, over in the sixth chapter of Matthew, if you read through there, it's talking. It says, listen, don't get caught up with what the with what the Gentiles or really he's talking about those who don't know God. Don't get caught up with what the unbelievers are caught up with saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What, uh, you know, what are we going to put on? How's this going to happen? He said, your father, your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. Talking about material provision, material possessions, that which sustains us. But just because God knows we have need of it and has made provision for it doesn't absolve us of responsibility. We're to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Meaning, and we know what that means now. That means we're to put into practice the laws of the kingdom. And then we'll experience the addition of all these things as a result. Praise the Lord. The word's good, yeah? I mean, just, just the word is... Whoo. You know, the Bible, the, the word can make me look good as a preacher. And I appreciate when the word does that because uh, 
you know, I, I preach something sometimes and it'll light the room up. Everyone will get on their feet and excited. I'm thinking all I did was read the scripture. Yeah. All I did was like I stayed as close as I could to just just yeah. saying the word over and over yeah. again. And somebody said, man, you did. So, that was so great what you did. I'm like, the word just made me look good. I really I didn't do anything. <laughs> the word. How many know the word will make you look good, too? Yeah. Amen. And some of you could use some help. And oh, oh, no, Swoop. Jesus, careful, careful. Amen. Um, let's read. Let's go to Matthew, the 11th chapter. Now, I didn't look, but I'm sure this thing doesn't come up like another two feet, does it? That'd be a bummer if afterwards I found out that all I had to do was hit a button and it would come up. Matthew 11. Matthew 11, Jesus is speaking. He said, truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. That's a huge statement. I mean, of those born of women, you're talking about everybody from Cain <laughs> all the way up, some prophets, Elisha, Elijah, some, some amazing people, Daniel, different ones that did amazing stuff. Jesus saying, this guy, John, that's on the scene right now, none is greater than him. And there's, uh, if you read some of my books, I, talk, I go into that, that exact thing. But he goes on to say, he said, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. How can that be? How can that be? I'm going to know if Jesus said it. We believe, he, it's true. It's got to be true. Yes. You know, if there's one lie in the Bible, we can't rely on any of it. Right. Amen. The Bible has to be what, what scholars call inerrant. If it because for the very reason that God said it was. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. He said that the, these were not these were the very words of God. Amen. And if there's one lie, it's all a lie. So if Jesus said John the Baptist is the greatest so far. Well, why? Because John was announcing this new way, this new system that had not yet been available. And he said, but the one who's least in the kingdom, because at that time, uh, not everything that we have available to us now was yet available. It was just beginning. Jesus was on the earth, but he hadn't died yet to pay the price. But now us, the one who is least, meaning you got saved yesterday. You're new. You can, you can be a brand new Christian. And you can access the laws of this new kingdom. And you can do greater things than John did. You might say that just sounds uh, that sounds fantastic. You know, I don't like exaggeration. If the Bible says two, I'm not going to say three. Right. Uh, we don't we don't speak what we call evangelistically, you know, because sometimes different preachers, evangelists, sometimes would get a reputation for taking things farther than they were. I like to be real accurate. And uh, even when, you know, like I was ministering healing uh, this last week, ministering to different ones and people were getting instant results. But I said, I said, I don't need you to come up here and lie and say it's better if it's not better. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I understand faith. Faith would would say, you know, we've received. I get that. But uh, I need to know if it's not better so we can so we can put our faith on it right here and get that rest of it. You know, mm -hmm. so we don't want to exaggerate. But uh, Jesus said 
he who's least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. And then this next verse, very, very interesting. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. Uh, my footnote in my Bible says, coming violently or forcefully. And the violent take it by force. Interesting. Is that an interesting verse to you? Yeah. Right? Can I read this to you in the Passion Translation? Y'all don't have that, do you? The Passion? See if you have it. If, you, if not, I have it and I'll, I'll just read it. Yeah. From the moment John's... Look, read this with me, everybody. From the moment John's... Well, not out loud, but, uh, you know. From the moment John stepped on the scene until now, the realm... I like that. The realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. And passionate people have taken hold of its power. I just feel like this does a, a good job of bringing some clarity to this verse. Yeah. The realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth, meaning it, we're not begging God to let one of your laws work down here to help us, but rather the, all that's included in the kingdom of God and his, his laws, his power, his goodness, it's pressing upon us, looking for an entrance into our lives and into this earth. And it's our job to take hold of that power. Amen. So we see, we see that there's power in the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, uh, where was the verse um, over in 1 Corinthians 4? 1 Corinthians 4. And then I'm going to kick it into a, a different gear and stop reviewing. How's that? But the word's good. You know, I mean, hearing, hearing it again is not bad. 1 Corinthians 4. And we'll call your attention to the 20th verse. 1 Corinthians 4.20. It says, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. The reason that there are these laws of the kingdom of God is that the laws govern power. How many know when you have power, you have to have some way to govern that power? Uh, natural power we call electricity. There are laws, and until people discover the laws that govern electricity... They could not cooperate with electricity. They couldn't benefit from electricity. Do you understand that the power that powers the lights in this room was here in the 1200s, in the, in the 1400s, in the 1700s? Yep. But it wasn't until whenever, I think it was in the 1800s, uh, whenever Edison and the different ones and Tesla, Mr. Tesla, uh, when they began to understand the laws and before that Ben Franklin yeah with the kite but that's you know how far are you going to get like with that but you know every, every bit of it what are we doing we're learning laws and we're like if we could just if we could just learn how this works we could use this to our benefit how many know that's an easier way than just to gather together in the dark and pray for a lightning bolt to come 
I mean, th that could happen, but, but you know, a lightning bolt, unregulated power, can also do a lot of damage. And so the same power that blesses us can kill us. Right? So you need to, that's why we need to learn these laws because the laws govern power. What power is this talking about? Not talking about electricity. It's not talking about natural power. It's talking about spiritual power. God's power. God's power. You and I were designed and have actually already been connected to the power of God. Our job is to learn the laws so that that power can flow. And starting right at this point, I want to help you see some of the ways that we get power flowing in our life. Because what good does power do if it's not flowing? Uh, the reason the lights are on, the power's flowing. The reason the mic's on, the power's flowing. We can turn off, we can turn everything off, sit here in the dark, and there's still power connected to this building. But power does no good unless it's flowing. Just the same as though you didn't have it. So in the 14th chapter of Romans, which I, I believe my wife took us there last week. Romans chapter 14. And in Romans chapter 14, there's, there's almost like a summary of the main spiritual laws of the kingdom of God. And how, how we apply them to our life. Now, Romans 14 is just a real interesting chapter. You know, the way Paul's letters work, Paul wrote two-thirds in the New Testament, not, not, in the num not in terms of the number of pages, but in terms of the number of, of documents. Like, we, we have 27 books in the New Testament. Paul wrote two-thirds of those, whatever the number exactly is. And his, his writings almost always, they almost, almost always start with, teaching or what we call doctrine, and then they shift into practical application of that doctrine. In other words, how, how does what God did affect our lives? How can we put it into practice, right? And so that we try to do the same thing when we're preaching. And so in, in Romans 14, that whole chapter is dealing with um, the fact that in Christ, we have certain liberties um, and what they were dealing with back then when he wrote that was uh, they, they had these they had foods that that uh, could be dedicated to idols, sacrificed to idols. And I guess if they were sacrificed or sacrificed to idols, then taken, cooked, butchered. I'm just putting my own words to it, butchered, packaged. And maybe you buy them at a discount. <laughs> They've already been sacrificed and now they're available for consumption. And there were, some, uh, there were some who said, well, you shouldn't, you should, by eating that, and you could understand how people would think that way, by eating that, uh, the thought was among believers that if I eat this, then I'm identifying with and agreeing with that idol worship. Yeah. I mean, we don't deal with this so much in our day, but this, is, this was a big deal back then. Sure. Uh, there were a lot of other faith systems in play at this time. And so um, some people were saying, well, you shouldn't eat food sacrificed to idols. Paul had revelation. He said, it's, said the fact that it was sacrificed to an idol doesn't change once you cook it, the food. I mean, it's, it's really food. The rest is superstition and it's stupid. Yeah. And uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like, it's like if you eat at a restaurant and somebody say, we prayed over all this food, but we, but, we, uh, but we prayed to Muhammad instead of Jesus. And you might say, well, I'm not going to eat at this restaurant. And so basically what Paul was saying was, you're free to not eat at that restaurant. But you're also free to eat at that restaurant if you like the food. And you bless it. And you sanctify it. Yeah. And, and get God's blessing on it. And you're cool. So that was the issue. And they were dealing with all that. And people would get, people would get you could understand, believers would get caught up with these technicalities. Uh, <laughs> wanting to do the right thing. Yeah. And, and, they, you know, and so Paul said, well, here's the issue. Number one, if, if what you're about to eat is going to cause another believer to stumble, right? Then don't do it. Right. Just don't do it. Eat somewhere else. Eat something else. He said, but really, you're free. You're free to eat what you want to eat. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the context in which we which we find all this here. And so. Verse 17. He, he makes the statement for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. And now you understand why he said that about the eating and drinking. Yes. That's what they were upset about. The kingdom of not God is not a matter of eating and drinking. But what is eating and drinking to us? It's what we do in the natural to keep us going. It's what we put in our body, right? If you cooperate with the laws of nutrition. Did you know there's laws of nutrition? Did you know that? Did they teach you that in school yet? Laws of nutrition. Yeah, you'll learn them. Laws of nutrition. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The laws of nutrition state that you can't just eat cake. I found out, <clears throat> sorry, but it's the, those are laws. I found out about these laws when I was 18 years old because um, I, uh, my, my parents were away. They had a summer place. We lived in South Florida. You don't want to be there in the summer if you can help it. It's very, very hot, sticky. So they had a place in the mountains of Pennsylvania. And uh, they actually, actually, my dad ran a business in the summer up there did a lot of other things. And so um, I had to come back early because I was in marching band in high school and we had, uh, we had marching band camp, stuff like that. And so um, they would give me money to eat on and they just let me stay at the house by myself and have my friend's mom come check on me, give me a ride. Or I think at that time I was driving myself, uh, driving myself to, to band camp. So, uh, she said, they gave me money for food. But I went to what we, we used to have record stores. Anybody remember them? Vinyl, LPs, cassettes. I went to the record store. I spent most of my money on jazz records. Didn't have a lot left to eat. So I bought a big thing of Captain Crunch. And I ate it every meal. And I almost died. Because uh, you can't just survive perpetually week after week on just Captain Crunch and Mellow Yellow soda. Anybody, anybody ever have Mellow Yellow? I love Mellow Yellow and Yoo-Hoo. Who drank Yoo-Hoo? Any Yoo-Hoo addicts here? I drank that stuff like it was, like was going to be discontinued. No, I had to learn. And see, the older you get, the more, the more these laws matter. I had to, we had to learn the laws of nutrition. Why were we talking about the laws of nutrition? Because it's not a matter of just these natural laws. The kingdom of God is not what you eat. It's not what you drink. 
Eating, eating a certain thing is not going to get God's power to flow in your life. Abstaining from that certain thing is not going to get God's power to flow in your life. It might keep you stronger in the natural, but it's not going to get power to flow. But the kingdom of God is comprised of this righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I like to say this last one, uh, righteousness, peace and the spiritual flow of joy. That just helps you understand. We're talking about spiritual joy, not natural happiness. The kingdom of God works and power flows when these three components are in place in your life. Righteousness, peace, Pastor Amy talked about that last week, did she not? And the spiritual flow of joy. Now, I'm not going to take too much longer. I'm going to close this up. But you might say, well, I've heard about other laws. I've, I've heard about faith. Yes, you have heard about faith. And that's actually included in this last one, the spiritual flow of joy. Because when you're in faith, one of the indicators that a person is in faith is that they're not upset about what they're dealing with, but they're actually in joy about. They're, they're, they're joyfully expectant. And so that's included you might say, well, I've heard a lot about being led by the Spirit right here. Following the, the number one way that you and I are led by the Holy Spirit is to learn and recognize God's inner promptings and peace. Amen. But what about this righteousness thing? What's that? Is that just me doing right? Well, yeah, I mean, part of it is being moral. Part of it is living right. But righteous, what righteousness has to deal with is you and I knowing who we are as new creatures in Christ, knowing our authority on earth and putting that into practice. Amen. Yes. So, so we, could, we could say it this way. The kingdom of God is all about knowing who you are in Christ and walking in the light of it, being led by the Spirit and walking in faith. And the whole New Testament agrees with what, with, with what we just said there. Amen. But this breaks it down into some of the other things. Righteousness, we, we, you know, that's a 50-part that's a series. You know, talking about our authority, what we have, who we are in Christ. That's why you come every time. Or you should come every time. That's why. To hear about it. Peace. I'm telling you, it is a huge thing to walk in the undisturbed peace of God that passes all understanding. But then this last one, the spiritual flow of joy. This one's misunderstood. But this is, uh, this is one of the biggest reasons why people don't receive what they need to receive is because these different spiritual uh, components aren't as they should be in their life and power's not flowing to the degree they need it to. The spiritual flow of joy. Now let's, let's talk about that because people... Uh, think, well, I, you know, I'm going through difficulty and I just don't, I'm just not very happy right now. I'm just not, I'm just not in a real happy place. But did this say anything about being in a happy place? No, no, not at all. No, when you talk about the spiritual, see, when you talk about natural joy, natural joy depends on natural circumstances. Right? Yeah. Uh, meaning, my spouse treated me right. I'm happy. 
But if they, if they cross me, I'm not happy. Not, good to, not, not fun to be around, not happy to live with. So see, that's living in the natural, right? Your, your joy, your peace, everything depends on favorable circumstances. And so what we want to do in the natural is just, you know, uh, if circumstances aren't favorable, then I'm just going to spread hell everywhere I go because my mood is going, right? This is, this is natural. This is how people worldwide live. If I'm not happy with what's going on, it's going to affect everybody. And so you get somebody that's going through difficult circumstances. They can walk in a room and spread depression and spread their sadness and their hopelessness and their despair. Spread it to everybody in the room. But that will not cause any of the power of God to flow. Amen. Amen. That, if you want to, if you're going through a difficult circumstance, what do you need? You, you say, thank you, Lord. I can operate. There's different laws that can help change this situation. And I'm going to put those laws into practice in my life. Amen. I'm going to find out what you've given me. I want to find out who you've made me. And I'm going to walk in that place of righteousness. And if it's the enemy giving you trouble, I'm not going to wait until Sunday and have somebody pray for me at the church. I'm going to stand up and say, not here, not now, wrong person, go next door to the neighbor because I'm not having it. That's righteousness. Something, something comes to try to take your peace. See, in the world, peace is totally dependent on circumstances. Uh, Amy, last week, was talking to you about if you're not at war, then society considers you to be at peace. They would consider our country right now to be in a time of peace. That doesn't mean it's this peace. That doesn't mean the kingdom of God's flowing. The peace of God works independently of circumstances. You can have bad things stacked up all over you, be going through incredible difficulty and have great peace and come out victorious on the other side. And in the same way, you don't have to feel happy to have the flow of joy in your life. Now let's look at one more scripture today and then we will let you go and probably pick this up on Tuesday night and wrap it up a little bit. Is that all right? Um, go with me to the first chapter of James. I know many of you have heard these truths before. But I've eaten good food before and I keep going back to those same foods. Right? I keep coming back to the same truth because it keeps setting me free. James chapter 1, and you're familiar with it, but put your eyes on it, this great second verse where it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. That makes no sense. How many would agree that from the natural, this makes no sense, right? Why would you consider, or another translation say, consider it pure joy? Why would you do that when you come up to a place of testing trials? Now, maybe you've never been in a place of difficulty. Uh, I would say keep living. You're going to have one. Yeah. You're going to have one or two or 10 or 20. Amen. Yeah. Uh, 
And I don't know, I don't know about you, so I can't talk about you, but I'll just tell you about me. I have never yet encountered or met a trial and felt happy. Right? Got a phone call a couple of years ago from the doctor, said you got cancer. I did. I got that call a couple of years ago. Well, now it's been, I guess it's been about maybe three and a half years ago. And uh, I didn't feel, I didn't feel happy when he said that. I mean, there's nothing to feel happy about. Had to go through some, you know, process, had to go through surgery and all that. And uh, so this can't be talking about feeling happy. Can it? It can't be talking about feeling happy because ain't none of us feel happy, yeah. right? right. When, the, when, the, when you get a foreclosure notice or, or when you get an, a love letter from the IRS. Oh, I've got, I've got one of those... <laughs> Got one of those recently from, yes, from the IRS. You owe $8,000 that I don't think I owed. And I used the tax preparation software and it said I didn't owe it. But the IRS said I did. And so I talked to somebody and they said, well, file an amended return. And we found, we found one area that we thought might have caused them to trigger that. And so I corrected that on my return, filed an amended tax return for the year 2020 and they came back and they said you owe $8,000 plus all this interest from between the time that you filed this return and the time we looked at it and they're not telling me why no one's telling me why I still think I don't they still think I do well when I get these, those letters now it's when I just when I see the envelope and the, um, the return address says internal revenue service I start <laughs> you know, like if somebody, it, 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 well, I'll tell off on my wife, you know, the current dog, not so much, but previous dogs, she would put the fear of God in those dogs. And if she had to beat them to do that, she'd beat the dogs. I know it gets you arrested here in Colorado, but, but uh, she would beat those dogs until they did what she said. And stop doing whatever she wasn't supposed to do. We had a, we had a lab named Samson. And uh, she, she got the fear of God in those dogs so good. That sometimes you go to pet the dog and he'll go like that. He'll jerk back like. Why? Because that, they know what that hand used to do. And uh, you know now you can do that. You can get these reactions. But see if I, if I react in fear. Then I'm forgetting Romans 14, 17, and I'm forgetting James chapter 1. It didn't say, put James chapter 1, verse 2 back up there if you would. It did not say, feel it all joy. Did it say, feel it? What's it say? Count it or consider it. Consider it. So it can't be talking about feelings because none of us have ever felt happy when you get the letters. Huh? There's nothing happy. So what do you have to do? By faith. By faith. You, can't, you can't make a feeling where there's no feeling. Right. But what you can do is you can begin to give expression. You can begin to give joyful expression. Now, how does a person express joy? Different ways, but uh, I'm not just asking spiritually. I'm asking naturally, you know. 
Um, I, I, my understanding, I didn't get to see any of it, but my understanding is that our local, re, in, in this region, the Colorado Buffaloes, uh, that's the, they're the Buffaloes, right? University of Colorado Buffaloes, now under the coaching of uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, they went and played yesterday the team that last year was playing in the national championship game and they beat that team. And it was, and, and I mean, in, in one game, this is his very first game as the new coach. And in one game, all kinds of records were set. This is, we're talking last year, I don't follow the college too much, but I read about this last year. They only won one game. And now they come in and they go to the one that played in the championship game and, and they beat them, weren't expected to. And yeah. the other team stadium, no less. And so they interviewed Coach Sanders. They call him Coach Prime. His nickname used to be Primetime. They interviewed him after the game and they said, Tell me what you're feeling right now. And his, he said, oh, thank you, Jesus. It's the first thing he said was, thank you, Jesus. I've heard him preach. Deion Sanders came to our church and preached in Oklahoma. And I'm telling you, he's a, he's a, he's a mess in a good way. Because <laughs> he, was, he was suicidal and he got born again. He got saved. Well, this is while he played for the Dallas Cowboys. He got born again. And I mean, God changed his life. Amen. Now. So anyhow, uh, he, but he, he was just talking about all these feelings. So he was saying, thank you, Jesus. And then his son, who was the quarterback, his amazing day, he came up and then they're hugging. And then they're, they're I mean, people are jumping. People are cheering. What are we talking about? Expressions. These are all expressions of joy. Some of them were verbal. Uh, so what's, what's an expression of joy or happiness in the natural? You laugh. You shout. You might jump. You might, you might pray. If you're a Christian, you might praise as an expression of joy. That's what he did. He said, oh, thank you, Jesus. He said, oh, God is good. He kept saying, oh, God is good. Go listen. Look up that video and watch it. It will encourage you. Uh, he said, oh, God's so good. God, you're so good. This is just such a great day. God's so great. Well, he had That's There's no faith there. He's just going off the feelings that came, the exhilaration, Right. So he, but, those, but the same expressions of joy that you have when you feel joyful are the same expressions that you use when you don't feel joyful. The only difference is there's probably a whole lot less exuberance in it. But you still praise. Instead of all, oh, thank you, Jesus, it might be, thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, instead of, oh, ha, 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 it might be, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. You, still, you still laugh. You still run. You still dance. You still shout. But you do these things giving expression to joy to allow God's power to flow. God's power doesn't flow through wires like natural power flows through wires. God's power flows through righteousness, peace, and the spiritual flow of joy. 
This is how you apply the laws of the kingdom. This is how you get God's power flowing to your situation. And we'll talk more about it on Tuesday. How's that? Good? Be with us Tuesday if you can, 7 o'clock. And uh, thank you so much, everybody. If you did pray for us, and uh, I know we did that corporately some, but believe God for us. Um, Thank you for letting us uh, go, not just here, but also go and travel. That that is our assignment. It's what we're supposed to be doing. But we, we never endeavor to neglect this place. We put this first. And thank you for, uh, but thank you for believing with us, praying with us. I mean, God, God met us. We had, we had some really good things happening up there in Canada. And, uh, but we're excited about what's happening here, Castle Rock. So come on, we'll see you on Tuesday night and you're dismissed.